Welcome to On Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. I'll be your guide as we explore the stories of today with the personalities impacting tomorrow. Welcome to On Balance. All right, folks, let's go across the pond, as we affectionately say to our friends over in the UK. We're going to be chatting with Paul Ford. He's the UK education device lead at Microsoft, that little company that I know all of you know. Uh, I've enjoyed already chatting with Paul off offline here prior to the interview. And uh, I should have added, and I said this to him, dad extraordinary. He's got two young kids. And I'm a father of two kids that seem just that much older um, based on their level of engagement or type of engagement, I should say. But Paul, let's start with that. Look, when we think about education, we think about the pandemic, you know, and I was actually at bet, you know, what was that 2020? So right before the world stopped. And I feel like since that time, for those of us that work in education, we often put on our parent hat for those of us that are parents, even maybe more than we do our professional hat, because we understand that the decisions that we make the innovations that we put in front of our kids, you know, there is great impact. And I think we are hopefully more discerning in the way in which we look at technology and the impact it can have on equitability. Um, let's start with that. Talk about, take us from, from let's say January, 2020 to now, when you think about the way in which your customer set or even just other parents in your community have thought about technology and how has that relationship changed? Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's, on reflection, you know, it's so easy to, to um, I, I guess, really to look at it from, uh, and, and as we do as educators, we're very positive. I find we're actually very positive people. So we try and always put a positive spin on it, but it was, a, it was a terrible, understandably a terrible time because of that way that we had to flip from a, a the most drastic change that understandably the world has ever faced, but also for, from an education perspective, trying to deliver a curriculum in a way for many that have you know never actually been approached before, we, we saw like early adopters of technology in this in this way, and, and I've done for some time to be fair, but that is the, especially in the UK, that is the, the the vast minority to have to make that switch to kind of almost just respond. Like, how do we ensure we can engage with our students in a way that we can carry on our curriculum um, to try and uh, limit the, the the gap that would sadly inevitably uh, be created because of the. Uh, the challenge of trying to, to teach in that way. So in 2020, that immediate need to have to switch on a number of uh, tools and platforms and solutions that uh, previously had never been uh, really invested in at that size and at that scale was a phenomenal challenge, like a Herculean effort. Um, and, and that response was incredible across the board. I'm very fortunate to work in the national a global organization, you know, I can see all of the uh, impact that, that we've had, but particularly in the UK, um, the response was, was was incredible, but still this huge challenge. So, you know, in, in, in the UK, in the first instance, the Department for Education, Scottish Government, Welsh Government, they all started to, to look at how we can uh, provide both a platform and devices into the hands of those students. But with that, with that challenge, with that many you know, it wasn't just the students who were working from home. There were a lot of adults as well working from home. So that entire stress and demand that it put onto the whole supply chain, alongside the fact that many of those educators may not have experienced teaching in this way, was just this, uh, you know, uh, something that was, uh, again, a, a Herculean effort from all and an incredible response by, um, by, those, um, by those staff members. 
you know, in Hollywood, so we'll bring the U.S. into this. In Hollywood, you watch a movie, maybe it's like a military movie, something going on, it's politically based, whatever. And there's like a, an, a young analyst that's sitting on the periphery, right? And you've got all the joint chiefs and everybody's at the table making the decisions and say, oh, yeah, you in the corner, <laughs> what's your strategy? I'm wondering if there was a moment for you, not saying you're that like young analyst in the side, right? But when you're device lead, <laughs> right? And then COVID hits and everybody says, hey, who who's in charge? of devices it feels like that hollywood kind of movie that scenario where you get pulled to the forefront and you got to have answers i would imagine was there a moment when you kind of went home and said oh my goodness like i you know this job that i have has taken on an entirely different level of well the word importance comes to mind maybe that's not the right word but significance did you have a moment like that where you just, it felt a diff, like there was a different set of screws kind of put to the responsibility that you had undertaken with that job? Yeah, well, you know, it's cards on the table. I, was, I, I wasn't I was actually at the, uh, in this role at that time, but my predecessor who was, and, and, I, and I joined mid of the midterm of all of this still continuing program of, of <laughs> like support and, and what we saw wave after wave of this deployment, my predecessor and the team that surrounded it. And I was, very fortunate to be able to kind of stand on those shoulders of giants and be able to pick that up uh, last year. The amount of, um, uh, I guess, collaboration and work, like even cross-vendor to, to just to ensure that at least education continued, like we had to kind of put all of our sales and, you know, uh, uh, um, competitiveness to one side and think about what we've just got to ensure that these, 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 these children can, can have an education and can still be supported by their, uh, by the educators who are trying to deliver that. So within that response and within that team, we were working really closely with those government officials to, to do two things, actually. One, one thing was obviously to try and get the uh, devices and the technology into the hands of those students, especially for those students who didn't have that technology. And again, uh, um, referencing both the, the uh, Department for Education, Scottish Government, Welsh Government, they all were great. They, they really dove deep into those, uh, the coffers of, uh, uh, to ensure that we could provide that technology. But actually also businesses rallied around our OEM, our uh, original equipment manufacturers. I'm, I'm guilty of always saying these acronyms and not explaining what they are. <laughs> for, you for work normal, in education, it's okay. For normal <laughs> people, that means the likes of the Dells, Lenovo's, yeah. the, uh, the HP's, the Aces of this world, they all started to rally around and look at how corporate social responsibility could support to put that, that technology in. But the other thing, you know, as a, and I, I was an ex-educator, so one of the things I was really passionate about, even though, been working in the edtech world for, for some time now after leaving education for nearly nine years was it isn't just about that device it's also the platform and and the, the tools that teachers and educators are going to use to engage with those students and as you've just rightly so pointed out at the very start the parents who have never had to experience delivering lessons before on the behalf of of uh, those teacher staff working with those teaching staff to ensure they could provide that curriculum so there was two really important factors there from a technology standpoint obviously the hardware and that was an incredible effort but actually also the platform and support um again we were part of a program i say microsoft at the time um, a part of a program that ensured that the platform was also supported was created in areas where schools uh, and institutions didn't actually have a platform to support on so many of them were never using it in this way, understandably, and therefore we had to also have a platform program. I think we deployed something like six and a half thousand uh, school platforms in that in that um, first period. So yeah, um, it was um, 
it's something that I was fortunate to inherit. I wasn't at the hairy stage, but again, in my in my prior role, I was also in that sort of partner world, trying to support uh, leading an education team to uh, try and support you know those um, those institutions. So yeah, that that work was. I think everyone in the edtech world and everyone in the in the education world spent countless eighty-hour weeks um, trying to ensure that we could just keep things going. Uh, Paul, are the expectations for devices writ large, are they realistic or, you know, it's so often the case that, you know, the pendulum swings, whether it's a, it's a football manager or, you know, it's, we had someone who was really tough. Now we need someone who's more of a player's coach kind of a thing. And oh my goodness, now we've got to really focus on devices. Are we asking too much of our devices in relation to the platforms and the experiences that are then a part of those devices? Help me understand the relationship we are having. And can we look at the questions that the buyer from the school side is asking to give us, I don't know, a light into how they think about the role devices play? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a really good and actually critical question now because we, we've gone from this kind of response to to reevaluate, like what are we trying to do? What are we trying to achieve? And I've done a number of uh, sessions and, and webinars and events where we're talking about what is the right choice of device for a student and the first thing that I always ask is you've got to ask the question, now what type of curriculum are we expecting to deliver? And if you can ask that very core question of how are we going to deliver the curriculum? Now, like, what do we expect? What's our level of expectation from outcomes in a curriculum, which every educator understands? And then importantly, then attaching that back to, well, what then almost limitations do we put ourselves in if we choose a particular device or, or format of device? So there are certain things now that we're really aware of because that Herculean effort of providing just a device to a student to ensure they've got internet access and maybe Teams or Zoom or Google Hangouts, whatever it was, that's that's one need. And that need was really greatly met, right? That was a fantastic thing that we achieved and we met that. We're now asking, well, in this kind of hybrid learning environment where maybe I want to do more things in class and as well as outside of the classroom, maybe I'm expecting a little bit more from the curriculum, like I'm familiar with video conferencing, I'm thinking about online assignments, I'm thinking about how I can actually collate, because that data that we received at that time, that's been a real eye-opener for a number of organizations. So the data that we now get back uh, when we provide an electronic learning environment what more can we do? Those questions are rightly so being asked, and those are the, the key questions. So I'm really concerned now about the fact that if we just think of what that remote learning was and set that as a bar versus what we now expect within a, a hybrid learning environment where we've got multiple ways of, of delivering the curriculum now and, and really exciting ways, like really phenomenal things that we can do now, we should be setting a much higher bar, and we need to ask ourselves really deep and meaningful questions around what is our strategy as an institution first? Like, what are the goals that we want to try and achieve? Then matching that to a curriculum, which every institution does anyway. But the final and very important question then is, well, what would that technology look like to achieve that? And I think making those two connections, are the, uh, that's where the magic happens. Like, I'm working with some incredible institutions now who make that real clear connection. And that's where you see a real difference between no longer talking just about digital strategy, but actually just strategy that's underpinned by technology and those devices. So for me, I think those are the questions that we really should be asking ourselves. Where does equity fit into the equation? I mean, look, it's pretty simple in the device world. I either have the device or I don't. 
Um, but I know devices get pulled into this conversation. So <laughs> right or wrong, help me understand those conversations when it comes to equitable access to devices and how much of the relationship is really about the platforms or the technologies within the devices that allow the connection to be supportive uh, in, in, the, in the larger scheme. Yeah, so, so it's a, again, another cracking question. I think when we lead with that equitable access, and when we think about equitable access, what we're trying to ensure is that everybody has the right to access a curriculum that they want to engage with and feel comfortable with uh, and feel like they can um, really close their own gap, like achieve in whichever way, shape or form they want to achieve. You know, every learner has their own unique way of learning. Uh, and we want to encourage that. And, and I feel really fortunate working at Microsoft. You know, we put equitable access at the center, but what we're really talking about is our, our, our kind of like platforms. We talk about Windows, we talk about Microsoft 365, and we talk about Teams. And, and, and those are still only products. What we're really trying to think around, like how we do this and deliver this when we're talking to education and working with education is it has to be inclusively designed. So everyone needs to be able to access that. It has to foster well-being. Like you, if you really want to ensure that like social, emotional, kind of well-being like do I enjoy this uh, and if I don't can I indicate that to my educator to my peers to get that additional support and we have tools for that and then also ultimately we want to accelerate learning like the the data and, and the importance of being able to close this gap now if I'm not achieving if I'm not learning if I'm not accelerating my own learning and feel like I'm achieving something then we're, we're you know we're falling short um so we we see it as those kind of like three pillars within that supported by our our product set and one of the other things that's really, really important because of the, the, the sheer amount of work that it takes to, to do this, it's like, these are really easy words for me to say about, oh yeah, just get lots of devices <laughs> and make it equitable. But if you don't have a secure and future-proof IT system to underpin it, like if you can't deploy and manage and secure these things, especially now with the, you know, the advent of, of having to deliver things in a zero-touch world where we can't get to those students and we have to deploy thousands of devices at real pace without ever even visiting a site potentially we need to have those systems in place and we have that so again like those are those pillars and underpinned by that secure and future proof it that we that we we want to you know ensure we can provide and that the equitable access bit it ultimately comes down to and it's a sad matter of fact but it becomes down to often like this affordability this financially sustainable model that we can create as an institution to ensure that our budgets and budget needs are met and we can then deliver all of those things. And that, again, is the, the big question, one of those biggest questions. 87% of head teachers, both primary and secondary, in the UK were surveyed by the Department for Education across England, Scotland and Wales. And 87% of those head teachers, uh, they all identified, um, sorry, 80% agreed and identified that funding was one of the biggest challenges that they faced. Um, and that is something that, again, that we're, we're looking to support and provide on a, on a solution that we have. And for our American friends, a head teacher would be a principal here in the United States. Um, and it's so interesting we talk about the funding because here we've, we've been given and allocated so much funding that you get superintendent, you get districts that don't know even what to do with the funding. <laughs> um, now we'll have to pay that price at some point, but it's just interesting how countries have approached this process. Let, mm. Let's go down um, a different road here and maybe the R&D road a bit. So I think, you know, look, <laughs> you have a pandemic, you know, two years plus of just sort of dealing with this entirely new, uh, not even new normal, just new branch on the tree. And if we reflect back, let's talk about potentially and, and sort of 
it doesn't even have to be Microsoft, but more industry-wide, bets that we may have made pre-pandemic that in, in hindsight, maybe weren't the best bets when we thought about devices and the ways in which we were developing and iterating along the way. And are there lessons learned that we can then apply to this new branch of learning and experience? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think there, there's always going to be lessons learned, especially in this. And I think one, one of the things that coming back to that piece of you know technology ability to both deploy and manage and secure and then ensure that the platform that's on it is is kind of simple and unified i think one of the challenges that we have is that people have have never really pulled all of those experiences around the the strategy and outcomes they they, they tend to get a funding budget maybe that they need to spend on it they've got a a digital curriculum that they have to go and deliver so what they'll do is they'll say okay so we're going to meet those needs we'll buy a a series of desktops, we'll put that software that we think we can deliver, and it's often been designed by that IT lead in particular, um, but it's never been sort of a holistic approach. And when we think about now, like the fact that, well, we had to teach and deliver English, maths, science, history, all of these other topics that necessarily wouldn't have always been delivered in that IT suite or IT room in that traditional IT way, we're now starting to think, well, hang on a second, <laughs> right? Maybe that, you know, the fact that we've, deployed a load of desktops in a room that do we need to see that you know happen again do we need to kind of make that investment again maybe perhaps we do need something that's more mobile and agile and, and supports a wider range of a curriculum because guess what the math teachers telling me they found this great whiteboarding tool where they were you know doing some um, some algebra uh, equations and working out um, something on screen recording it sending it to their students and they were using that for some of the revision for their for the exams that are coming up now. And they want to continue doing that. Like they want to carry on doing that work. Maybe we can't do that in that suite because we've got a bucket. We've got to try and get in there. You know, there's a big fight. There's a big scramble now. There's a lot more people who want to go and use it, which is great. But we need to really think about repurposing that IT budget. So we're definitely seeing a trend uh, uh, moving away from that static IT environment into a more mobile, flexible we call it not even anytime, anywhere, every time, everywhere learning like that, really flexible environment for people to learn because they've, ex they've been exposed to it. Everybody has, they've had to be. So in one shape or form, they have seen that happen. So yeah, static IT and moving to that more flexible, uh, um, you know, deployable when we need it, moving it around. We're seeing this investment in devices as a service. That comes back to the affordability piece, you know, like how do we then go and scale? Like if it's great for one, why aren't we doing it for a year group? Like, this has been great. Should we try and have a year group? Like, you know, maybe that would work. And then we do it and we see it. And then all of a sudden, guess what? Great results. You know, we've got this devices for education platform. It provides that affordability. We look at that sustainability piece and it still ties into all of those existing security systems and everything else. But they're thinking, oh, wow, actually, we, we could scale this. And, and if we scale it, you know what, that photocopying budget that we've just been spending you know, 3.8 million sheets of paper on, like that, 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 we could reduce that. If I, oh, guess what? We already have. And we Maybe could save we a tree. <laughs> we could save several trees. I mean, my, my, my go-to statistic is we've got an organization, a school of only 800 kids, which always surprises me when I tell you these statistics, 3.8 million sheets of paper they're now saving a year. Now, for those who know England, know London, the Shard, which is one of our biggest buildings in this beautiful country, is two, uh, 310 meters high. If you stacked all that photocopying pieces of paper up, that's 250 oh, no. meters a year. So every year, that is pretty much reaching the Shard. And it's about 120 pounds per student they're saving now on those costs. So 
that that static IT move to mobile. Oh, let's scale it. Let's see. Oh, we're seeing some great results there. That is, we're seeing all of these things happening at various you know stages. But like that switch on is just oh, you know, it, it's a great thing to see, especially someone who's been in EdTech for seventeen years, eighteen years now, and has been doing his very best to try and you know share some of this, like that insight and that ability to go and execute at scale. Now is what we're really seeing. Let's close with this, Paul. I don't know why, but Hollywood's on my, on my mind today. Let, let's, you and I are screenwriters and, and we're, we're writing about this character, you know, technology is the character. We think about the arc of technology. What's the, what's the moral of the story? Where's the character going when we think about education, right? It feels like we are in a bit of an exhale right now, approaching summer, thinking about ways in which to now maybe go full force, drive in the left lane, as we might say here in the United States. But think about the character of technology. What's the arc look like? And, and what would your suggestion be when we think about it? If, if it, I mean, the, th the first thing that sprang, sprang to mind when you talked about characters is this is the Rocky montage. This is the, and I'm talking Rocky Four. I'm talking like in the woods, we're going back to basics. We're building, you know, our, uh, our skills, our, our strategy, or, you know, we're working really hard. We're seeing, as you say, this exhale, like there are certainly things that happen in the UK right now, students getting back into the classroom, exams that are happening in person again, which is fantastic, but puts an additional stress. Like we're now starting to think about how we go away and strategize. Like we're, you know, we're in the woods, we're training hard. What I feel like is that like, you know, six hours planning to, to, to chop down that tree. I think the, 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 um, the old saying of, you know, give me six hours, I'll spend four and a half, five hours sharpening my ax. Like that is where we're at right now. We are in the, we're in the woods, we're training hard and we're building that strategy. And that's my recommendation for everyone is I know I'm here from Microsoft and I'm here as a device lead and device business. I want to sell devices, but at the same time, what I don't want to do is to, is to try and, not give that uh, really important bit of advice, which is time to think about your strategy. Go and build that muscle, like go away and think about what has worked, what hasn't, what reflections you're going to make and think about how you can build that into your long-term five-year strategy. Like think really long-term now. Um, and I'm very fortunate uh, to and have the pleasure of working with some organizations who are, who are doing this now. So for me, that's the time. I think, you know, that Rocky montage, I can't get out of my head right now. But that to me is where we are. We're, we're in that uh, that planning phase, that building phase. And I can see then, you know, in year two and year three, that those incredible knockouts that are going to come. What a wonderful way to put that. Uh, I'm going to call you now, Paul. You're the Rocky Balboa of the UK. <laughs> <laughs> we'll meet up in Philadelphia. You can, you can run the steps like Rocky did. Um, but no, it makes, a t it makes a lot of sense to think of it that way. It's like we've, we've weathered somewhat of the storm. Um, and said with great respect and, and deference for those that have struggled through this process. But, you know, now we're out there and we are figuring out sort of a new way, a different way to think, to challenge ourselves. And it sounds like Microsoft is very lucky to have you, Paul. We want to thank Paul Ford. He's the UK education device lead at Microsoft. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. This concludes another chapter of On Balance. Connect with me via LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dr. Rod Berger.